courageous Christ, standing in rooms of people with power. You spoke from the heart and told the truth about yourself, even though doing so would cause you to lay down your life. Give us the courage to speak from the heart. Our hearts, with all of its insight and intuition, conviction and challenge, and to tell the truth about ourselves, about you, even when we feel alone. Because when we are alone like this, we are with you, who is also alone like this. Amen. Though it may not feel like it, today is New Year's Eve, according to the church calendar. Reign of Christ Sunday marks the end of the church year, where we've been reading Mark as our primary gospel text since the first Sunday in December last year. So today we celebrate the end of this year by upholding Jesus as the true ruler and sovereign over all things. But this idea of reign of Christ, this observance of this Sunday, the last Sunday before Advent, is a relatively new tradition. It's actually less than 100 years old. In 1925, Pope Pius XI designated this Sunday, the Sunday before Advent, as the Reign of Christ Sunday, responding to what he saw as an increased rise in secularism and nationalism all over the world. So let's just think about that for a second. In 1925, there was a lot going on around the world. Fascism and communism were rising in Italy. Hitler was gaining power and political influence in German politics. Europe is still recovering from the ravages of World War I. The United States was in the middle of recovering from the Great Depression. And technological advances and industrialization were sweeping the globe, giving people resources and options to make life easier that they had never before encountered. That's less than 100 years ago. And so this day dedicated to the reign of Christ was a way for the church to resist, a resistance call, to resist the temptation to put faith and trust in human leaders and to remember who is truly the leader and ruler of the universe. The message of this day is that no matter how powerful, successful, wonderful, or terrible the world leaders and rulers might be, Jesus is always greater than them, always working to make all things new and to realize the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. With the world suffering from one corner of the globe to the other, this is still a message we need to hear. That no matter how terrible the news, how tragic the events, Jesus, as God's word, made flesh who lived among us, 
is still working and witnessing to the glory of God in the world. As the beginning of John's gospel put it, here is one who has come and made a home among humankind, enabling us to see the glory of the Father, full of grace and truth. I'm reminded of the verse from Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. It's the last one. It begins bidding all mortals to join the happy chorus, which the morning stars began. Love divine is reigning over us, bringing all within its span. And I think of Jesus' kingship or rulership like this. Love divine reigning over us, bringing all within its span. This helps me kind of shift the mindset of what a king or a ruler is supposed to be from one who administers power and demands from atop a pinnacle as if they're in a tower high above everyone else giving directions. The shifts from that image of being ruled over to an image of like a stone dropping in a still, smooth lake. The disturbance breaks up the uniformity of the surface and sends it rippling out in all directions. Love drops in among us and ripples out in all directions, breaking up the uniformity and the stillness, the stagnation. Love comes in and everything changes. This is helpful for me to read and to consider what this day might mean, not only for the year past, but the year coming up. As we think about the incarnation of this grander than anything our minds can conceive of, creator of the universe, being born in our world, taking the form of an infant, but showing us that truth continues to be born in our lives and to change the way we live our lives, if we let it. So I think to understand it in this way, rain is, is about finding encounter, even with those we might consider our enemy, or at least people we don't like. To rain is to find the capacity to hold steady, even when you are misunderstood by people who love you the most. To reign is to believe that something or someone who has given humanity a destiny is that that destiny is not revealed in violence, but is revealed in a kind of love that will go to the end of itself for the purpose of showing that love. It enables somebody to go stand in front of the powers that be and say, I am not a king the way you think it. But I'm also not going to insult you. I'm not going to trade violence for violence. I'm not going to give in and run away or bow down. But I will stand and proclaim the truth of what I was born. How does Jesus say it? Standing before Pilate. For this I was born, for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Which then begins the question, what is truth? So let's have that discussion.
together, let's figure out for today, what is Jesus saying to us? And might we learn something from this discussion, this conversation with Pilate that can help us as individuals, but also as a congregation committed to loving one another? What that might mean for us in this year ahead. So let's think, how does this image of Jesus reigning over all strike you? Does it even connect? I think about the quote uh, in the uh, bulletin about from Napoleon um, uh, that Jesus' love has this power that is greater than any empire that humans could ever build. Uh, that it's bigger and beyond my physical capacity to, to truly understand and feel uh, about uh, here on earth. That it is bigger than me and bigger than anything the human hands can create. too when you were talking about the underneath piece back at the retreat way in September when Guy Sales was talking about how the kingdom of God gets talked about by Jesus in this gardening metaphor, this agricultural metaphor, and this culinary metaphor about a woman who hides yeast in dough sort of subversively and from underneath sort of hiding it up and tucking it in in places 
in order to transform the entire loaf, the entire structure. I think that's kind of characteristic in, in more than one place of how the Spirit shows up in the Christ presence, sort of comes in through that door, or from, from not where you would expect. Sometimes I think his reign is a hand on my shoulder saying, get with the program, Bernie. <laughs> I wasn't in there anyway. And what's that program, Bernie? If you could elaborate a little bit. Because I think that, that resonates with me as a hand on the back of my neck giving some guidance, direction? Well, I think the program for me is uh, love. Uh, I can unlove you very quickly. And that love must be something that is always there. His love for me is always there, even when he's prodding me and pushing me. So my job then is to take love that he gives to me and give it to you. I think we kind of need to remember that this reign is spiritual. It is a part. It is abstract. It is real. It is demonstrated in love, yes. And we talk, but it's a love we cannot comprehend. It is a love we can experience, but we will never, we will never understand. Because the love that we are able to share is nowhere <coughs> near what God has for us and Jesus did for us. And it is experienced in the spirit and it is experienced in the spirit of people in groups, individually and it is that and when you see it among the folk with whom you are with whom you are dealing at any time, that's when you can see what is the result, but never see the love. Um, I always think that we're in Christ's very personal, you know, you 
things came to mind. One, in 12-step programs, you'll hear about a higher power. And um, this is similar to what you said, Joyce Faye, the idea of that this is something greater, higher. It's a, a spiritual plane. But the other thing that came to mind was the Micah 6 um, quote, and this is the Message Bible. It's quite simple. Do what is fair, and just to your neighbor, be compassionate and loyal in your love. Don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. Well, I think we've been searching to find language for this for a long time.
their call is always to the community to remember who you are. Plural, remember who y'all are. Always connected, first and foremost, in obedience and commitment to God. And so I think, again, with the context, knowing more about today, I did some research that in 1925 was a really seminal point for our entire planet. So many things happened in that decade of the 20s to 30s that we're still feeling, still benefiting from, still figuring out how to recover from today. Um, so I think that needs our community to consider who are we, what's <coughs> purpose, to what are we true? To think again, what is truth? What keeps us coming back here together as a congregation, week after week? Jesus is the focal point. 
And I think if our values are not coming from Jesus, then what is the point of our values? Like I think there's this central piece that if that is not the cornerstone, if that is not the foundation, then who are we and what are we doing this for? said that Paul because that's what I've been thinking too. Um, I think Jesus, we have to look at his, what his teachings were. Jesus, because Jesus wasn't even Christian. Jesus was a Jew and he never meant to start a new religion and uh, he just wanted, he thought his own needed a little reform. And he also said specifically in the scriptures not to worship him. And that, um, <laughs> maybe he just stepped on some toes. Um, he said, don't worship me. I, I just point to the Father, worship, worship God. I'm just trying to help you do that better.
CEO of Amazon, and he said that, hey, this is something to the effect of a paraphrase, but you know, this is going to go bankrupt, or this is going to fail at some point. Like, maybe not, you know, not quite not this year, but you know, next 20 years, 50 years, we're going to go bankrupt. We're not, like, he had that sort of understanding of it, I think. It's almost like say when we talk about Jesus, Jesus almost had this sense of like, I'm not gonna stay at thirty thousand feet. Like you're not gonna I'm not gonna hang around and you guys look up to me. Look at yourself. Like just turn to each other because I'm with you. And that was a interesting sort of turn. This isn't about looking for an empire, this is about looking to each other, looking to the Jesus. Thinking of a story a friend of mine told about the show The Punchline. He had an encounter with a, with a young man in college who said, All you need to do is love Jesus. And my friend said to him, I don't have any problem loving Jesus. My problem is loving people like you. This was the local Jesus freak on the college campus. And another thing comes to my mind about the church I grew up in. One of the criticisms of the general church I grew up in was that we're too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good. I think uh, uh, with the word rain also comes this um, other concept that I really hate but I find helpful which is submission submission part. I think what makes a big difference is um, when we're in relationship and love is involved, it's no longer submission.
shows us what that looks like in the disciples, in the foot washing. When he talks about, do you see what I've just done for you? This is what you do for others. You love them. Metaphorically or sometimes literally, wash another person's feet. To understand that kind of love that totally flips things upside down. That takes out the power over and becomes power alongside, power shared. But in our vocation of, of being followers of Jesus, that's the love we seek from. That we're different. We're not beholden to or in control of others. It's just this ability to be with one another. Imperfectly, often, but still willing to try. Willing to be in relationship. And to let that be the vocation, our calling, for life and life together. So I want to read the passage that John read one more time to close out this discussion, but know there is more time to discuss after, during deeper, to continue being deeper together. This is a new commandment that Jesus gives us. Little children, I'm with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. But I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You should also love one another. For it's by this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Thanks be to God for all the ways we love one another and for the ways we try to love one another. To ask good questions, to be honest, to hold 